Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Purple Daily is brought to you by Corona Hard Seltzer. The only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. Let me tell you right now, Mackie and Judd decided to take the Friday off, so they left me in charge. So yes, I am cracking Corona Hard Seltzers in the back, and I have no idea what Mackie and Judd are cracking in the back. They're probably getting into some Corona Hard Seltzers. I feel like Phil's probably a mango guy on this Friday. He claims he's doing Sober October, but I don't believe that. We all know how much Judd Zolgad, he might like to drink more than I am, uh, more than I do, but... Corona Hard Seltzer is the only seltzer made with Pure Beach Fives with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors, such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer Spike Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Has been interested in and tried to acquire all during the offseason. The Ravens never could quite get it done. And in the end, the Minnesota Vikings traded for Ngagwe from Jacksonville. Uh, back in August, I believe it was, and they gave up a second and conditional fifth-round pick. Now, with Minnesota struggling, uh, with their record not being what they want, they decide to get back to picks instead. And Baltimore, which is competitive, which is in the thick of things, wanted to get the trade done, and wanted to get it done today. Welcome into Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd are out for the weekend. They decided to uh, enjoy their bye week and take sweet time off, and instead they make me do all the work for them. Just like, it's <laughs> honestly, it's pretty par for the course with those two, so I'm not too surprised that they put all the brunt all the work on me. But thankfully, uh, I am joined by Courtney Cronin here of ESPN, and we're going to get in some Vikings talk as well as the Ngakwe trade, uh, maybe more trades on the way with the trade deadline about 10 days from now. We'll also do confidence, curiosities, and concerns. This is a Friday, and we'll do that for the rest of the season since the Vikings aren't a buy. So, Courtney, obviously yesterday the big news comes down that Yannick Ngakwe gets traded after just six games uh, with the Vikings. Minnesota gave up, what, a second and a conditional fifth to get him two months ago. Mm-hmm. Rick Spielman then flips that for a third and another conditional fifth. Kind of typical mm-hmm. trader, Rick. I guess, what is, what is your... Initial thoughts on the Unique Ngakwe trade? I think it's a smart move. I would have made it. I like the trade a lot. I think for a team that they're one in five right now, season's over. Like it's it's time to start focusing towards 2021, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they want to use the word rebuild or not. Um, 2020 is is done. Like there's 
very few chances for them to be able to get back in this thing. We know what their schedule's like with three straight division opponents, two of which are on the road, the guaranteed loss that they will have at Soldier Field. Um, it's not it's not looking pretty. It's not a good situation for Minnesota right now. So I think the smart thing to do is to get as much draft capital as you can for guys that you are not going to be able to keep around anyways next year. Um, Ngakwe was, you know, for six weeks worth of work, I would say he was decent. He had some good moments, but it wasn't this, like, game-changing pass rusher who – I don't know if if fans or if if the if the team if, if they thought they were getting another Daniel Hunter that wasn't the case because this is a guy who hates tackling running backs so he's a finesse pass rusher he's a powerful finesse pass rusher but he's not a Daniel Hunter they brought him here because they thought that they would eventually be able to pair him with Daniel Hunter obviously that went out the window in 2020 because he's having Hunter's having a surgery to repair herniated disc in his neck. And then we don't know what that means for next season. There's a report out there that he wants to be the highest paid pass rusher in the NFL, which means that he would top Joey Bosa's $27 million a year average salary. Like, I don't know if the Vikings are in position to do that either. So the writing was on the wall. They saw that. And then they moved on from Ngakwe and it was a smart move. Now I think the really smart move would be don't let that be the only one that you do these next 10 days or so before the trade deadline. You have several other veterans with expensive contracts, guys that you're probably not going to keep around anyways. Why not get some value for them now before you inevitably either have to cut them, ask them to restructure, and they say no, whatever. Like, I mean, you're, you're faced with a much better situation to sell when their value is high instead of try to ride this thing out, try to win games, because at best you're probably a 7-9 and nine team, but that's still, like, that's still such a stretch, it feels like, for this group. And it's weird because I feel like NFL trade deadline day or even the week leading up to it is like kind of the weakest of like the four major yeah, sports. You, no, don't, absolutely. you don't see in season trades like that. And, and and I think it also plays a part of just football is not you can't just like plug in a player midseason and immediately expect mm-hmm. results. It's like the only sport where I think that really doesn't exist. It's so hard to just walk into a new system. And with COVID testing being a big thing like that's now oh, yeah. part of it. So like there's there's extra external you know wrinkles to the situation. So. If I was looking at it, if I was the Vikings, I know Judd and Mackie were kicking around who they would trade, who they wouldn't trade. I feel like Riley Reef and maybe Kyle Rudolph, yeah. at least, are the two guys that I would look at possibly mm-hmm. moving. I know Rudolph isn't a UFA after the year, but Riley Reef plays a, a position of need. And look, I think everyone could always use a, a big red zone target like tight end like, like Kyle Rudolph. So I'm curious if more trades are happening, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I would think more guys should be moved by the trade deadline. Yeah, I think you bring up the two most obvious candidates. I'd throw Anthony Harris in the mix, too. Um, you know, Rick Spielman, when I asked him yesterday just about the, you know, the decision to they, – they went half in, half out with this. That's the problem. Like, you have to commit to a rebuild. You can't go expect to be really good still when you lose nine players on defense and put all that weight on the offense when this is not a team that's ever been carried by its offense, not under Mike Zimmer, no. So – you, you you have a situation where, you know, Rick is still hanging his hat on the fact that they got $10 million of cap space freed up by extending Cousins, which actually is more of the damning thing to do with the quarterback position because you are locked into him unless you were going to cut him in 2021 um, because you, you ha- he, his base salary for 2022 becomes guaranteed on the third day of next league year. And it's not, I don't think you can do one or the other, or I don't think you can just be like, yeah, we're going to keep it for 2021. And cause I don't really think it's a true option. So, um, 
But like that 10 million that you freed up and that you were so proud of, what'd you do with that? Immediately within an hour, you franchised Anthony Harris and that's somebody that you tried to trade. So it's like, for what? Like, I mean, that yeah, you freed up cap space for, to get a player, to franchise a player that you didn't even want around anyways. You got too cute with it. And now they're facing the consequences with that. So Kyle Rudolph, for example, his production's gone down since Cousins has got here, gotten here. Like he's, you know... He's still a good tight end, and he obviously is very useful when they go to him, but it's just so infrequent, and they have Irv Smith behind him. So at this point, it's kind of like, well, you know, he his salary goes up for the next three years. He's under contract. Sell him off now. Put Give him to the Patriots. They would yeah. use him like any team like that. Um, and same thing with Riley Reef. Like, if you're a playoff contender, like, I feel like I'm just screaming at the Tennessee Titans right now, like, you just lost Taylor Lewan. Riley Reef is having one of the best years of his career. Like, and he's, you know, somebody who took a $5 million pay cut to stay in Minnesota. We know that. And, you know, beyond this season, you're probably playing Ezra Cleveland there. Otherwise, why'd you draft him? And that would look really stupid. Um, so sell when the value's high there. Like they kind of lucked into a really good situation, I think, to be able to move some assets around. Um, and unload some expensive contracts they're not going to be able to retain anyways because they have so much money tied up in other players in 2021 and beyond and i guess if like you're looking at the compensation of these guys it's not like you're not gonna get a first round pick for either of those two dudes no. and, and even i i would feel like even if you just got a third for either player like i i think that would be a win you know if it's a third to fifth round pick like yeah. i think you take whatever you can get and and look we all know spielman likes to stockpile the the mid-round to late draft pick so if anything, I, I would think that would be a win for the Vikings if you're able to get that for one of those two players. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, they were trying to trade Riley Reef all offseason during the draft. And, like, because they couldn't get that third-round pick that they wanted, they moved on from, from Washington and, and kind of put that whole thing to bed. So I think it's a smart it's a smart thing to do. Now it's like if you can get a third-round or even a fourth-round pick for him, you would do it because then you, you know, he, he he's not going to be on your roster anyways, like next year, like let's just call spade a spade. So it's like, move on, get Ezra Cleveland, the playing experience he needs this year at left tackle. And then you can start focusing on 2021 and using the rest of this year for player development, which many are going to argue you should have done in the first place. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into a big NFL mock draft with uh, Thor Nystrom later on this weekend on purple daily. So we'll be able to preview all the mock draft specials. Yeah. One in six. And we're already looking at mock draft season. It never stops. Uh, for for mock draft guys and Thor Nystrom's of Roto World, and we'll get into that. But I'm going to keep Courtney here, and we're going to get into our confidence, concerns, and curiosity. Obviously, the Vikings aren't playing this weekend, but with the season one and six, there are still things that I think we can discuss that are confident concerns and curiosities going forward. So I will fire up some appropriate NFL films music. I'll start us off with here, Courtney, on what I'm confident in. And, and I'm just going to say outside of Justin Jefferson, right? Because we all know how good that guy is. But I still want you to think you look at the roster, even the guys that won't be traded. Like, I, I don't look at, I'm confident that this won't be a full-on rebuild. When you have guys yes. like Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Irv Smith, even Garrett Bradbury taking a step forward. You have a, a good, another tackle in Brian O'Neill. Eric Kendricks is still going to be here. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, even though, like, I, I am most confident that it's not going to be like a three-year plan, and obviously the NFL mm-hmm. is not really a, 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 a sport where unless you're the Cleveland Browns and you've been just inept for 20 years and now finally things start to click, I'm looking at the Vikings as, as that I'm confident that even if they're in the top five and they only win two or three games, you have the pieces if you hit your draft picks and you make the right moves in free agency in one year to be right back in the thick of it in the NFC. Yeah, no, I think the biggest thing that I look at is this is not an overhaul. 
it's a rebuild. Like you're, you're exactly right. Like I'm confident in that. And Rick Spielman kind of, when we were talking with him about like why he won't use the word rebuild, it's because of those players that you mentioned that they still have a lot of talented guys here. Personally, I think you're handicapped at the quarterback position and that's probably going to be kind of what, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. But from my understanding, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of confidence in this building that they're going to be cutting Kirk Cousins anytime soon. I mean, yes, there is a realistic possibility. There's a possibility for it to happen. It would cost you oodles of money and probably cost people their jobs. But um, I'm confident that this is a team built for 2021. And I feel like I'm talking to myself back in like April because that's what we expected. Um, So I'm just going to go back on my thought from April and be like, yeah, if they win now, it's gravy. Obviously, that's not the case. There's no gravy. But they're built for 2021. As we knew all along. So this year should be about player (laughs) development. So, yeah, that's where they're at right now. And I think if I'm transitioning to my concerns is, I guess, how much dead money can you truly take on? And I I know Kirk has has the biggest one of that. That is is honestly such a hurdle. And if ownership really wants to admit, all right, we will start over. We're we're obviously not getting in revenue this year with being no fans and and it being a a down year and a wash year for, for financial reasons. I guess my biggest concern is how much dead money can you take on? Because the Vikings have kicked the can down the road so much with salary caps Mm -hmm. that now you're just going to take on dead money. And like even just me and with covering the wild and Minnesota hockey, that there's always just been dead money against the team. Like you, I hate the idea of paying players to not play for you. And I just have concerns if you're going to continue to cut players, how much of that dead money limits you to actually get out in free agency next year and make big moves. Yeah, no, I was looking at this earlier. I'm trying to pull it up now. But um, I think when when you think about how much dead money this team has and how much they've been willing to carry over from year to year, I mean, the guy, they're still playing Laquan Treadwell. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's interesting when you when you look at how, how, how much they're willing to take on. Like, truly, I think that there are a lot of, like, owners, because they're billionaires probably, that just, like, look at this whole thing and they're like, yeah, um, who cares? Like, as long as, you know as long as like we're winning games and we're making the right moves, like that's fine. But certain dead cap hits like Kirk cousins, which is astronomical next year, but it's $41 million. Um, that's you're handing in your resignation papers. If you're Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, because what did Mike Zimmer say at the combine in 2018? If I don't get the quarterback position, right, I'll probably be fired. And that is what would, in my opinion, unless the Wilfs are literally, willing to kind of concede this whole thing and say, Hey, we gave you contract extensions. That's on us. We probably shouldn't have done that, but it's on us. We'll help you see this rebuild through. Um, like, I just don't see how that would work out. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely a big concern. And I guess, I mean, that transitioned perfectly to what I'm curious about because I, I, I do think that Spielman and Zimmer are here for, for 2021. They obviously just signed three years. You didn't just extend your quarterback. You extended the other two most important pieces in your head coach and your general manager. So again, dead money. Will you are they gonna are they gonna wanna swallow more on, on the coaching and administration mm-hmm. staff? I don't think it I don't think so. But I am curious just from the Wilfs of is this the right time to go to a new coach? Like is it a right time to go to a new direction? If you're gonna end the Kirk Cousin era and realize crap, it didn't work, we're gonna mm-hmm. hit a retool rebuild button here and we're gonna start over. Or is it better just to stand pat? You know Rick Spielman, even though he hasn't gotten the quarterback position right, has normally nailed everything else for the most part. Mike Zimmer, although older and a bit old school coach, still seems like he has, a, I think, has a control of this locker room. You might have more insight on that. But I, I'm just curious if it's the right move to stick with the administration or move in a different direction. Yeah, I can piggyback off that one. I mean, my one of my curiosities is this cornerback group. Mm-hmm. Like, 
so many injuries and the guys just like can't I don't know. I mean, even they, they misjudged that one badly, thinking that you could rely on rookie corners in 2020, a year without an off-season program. Will they actually be that much better next year? I don't know. So, But I do think that we should all be curious about the direction of this team and the leadership direction of this team. Like, is it going in the right, right path? Because for some reason... Rick Spielman has ownership in the palm of his hand, and he has for a long time. And for some reason, Mike Zimmer, in spite of never being able to get past the NFC Championship in a year that they were really lucky, um, continues in, in a league that's trending all the way towards offense and, and not what Mike Zimmer's doing and winning with defense. There are only so few teams that can be that dominant and do that every year. Um, why do they keep sticking around with them? Um, as we know, with Brad Childress, he was fired when he still had several years left on his extension. Um, the Wolves have done that before. Uh, I just am curious, will they do it again? Because it's financial times, even for billionaires, are probably a little rougher this year because there's, you know, middle of a global pandemic. The salary cap's supposed to drop to $175 million next year. They're already going to be losing a ton of money. Um, are these the two that you think can lead your franchise in the right direction? And I guess the, the other curious part of it, too, is, you, you went defense-minded for the last six, seven years, and I feel like football's always the opposite. If you have a hard-nosed, hard-ass guy, then you go with the soft guy. If, if you want someone who's a player's coach, then you go hard-nosed. So I, I'm curious if if you do go in a new direction with the coaching staff, that I feel like it's inevitable it would be some type of offensive oh. mind, right? Yeah, like I know that everybody's like talking about Eric Bieniemy and yeah. that, yo, he was here one time before, but if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm going to Houston. Sorry, like I want to work with Deshaun Watson, not Kirk Cousins. Um but, you know, there's other guys out there, too. Um, the Bills offensive coordinator, who's uh, his name, Brian Dabble, like his name was about to escape me. So, like, I mean, there's other guys out there that I think you would go instead of maybe a Todd Bowles, who certainly feels like he'd be a great head coaching candidate, given what he's doing in Tampa right now. But you wouldn't stick on defense. It wouldn't make sense. And, hell, they had the chance to do that with Kevin Stefanski this year. Um, but they didn't. They decided to stick with Mike Zimmer. So, I think that you'd want to go a completely opposite direction and, and try to just like jump start this thing from the, the ground up, even though it isn't a complete overhaul because you'd still have really good players there. Exactly. That is your confidence, concerns, and curiosity for this episode of Purple Daily. Courtney Cronin from ESPN. Find her work at ESPN and ESPN.com. You can follow her at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, thank you for listening to Purple Daily. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily, and as well as our other YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Score North, and please rate and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That is Apple, Spotify, or Score North. Thanks for listening.